Hi there, and welcome to Everyday Expression, the media ministry of Expression Church in Huntington, West Virginia, as well as our senior pastor, Kevin West. We're so glad that you've decided to listen in today. Today begins a new series called When God Opens a Door. This is part one, and it was absolutely incredible. So take a listen today and let it bless your heart. Today we're going to talk about doors. You know, one of the things that um, I've kind of come to realize and you, you probably have too. The, the body of Christ over the course of decades in, in sermons and ministry, we, we've been accustomed to hearing and learning and seeing through windows. If Malachi 3 says, if you will give, will I not, or tie, will I, will I not open up the windows of heaven and uh, pour out a blessing that you might not be able to even receive, not be able to contain it, right? Then there's other parts of the Bible when it talks about the, the windows of heaven were opened up and when the windows of heaven were opened up, the spirit of the Lord descended on. But, but I, so I think we've become accustomed over the last several decades to looking through windows. And when you're always looking through windows, you get a window shop, but you don't always get to try on what you see in the window. You don't get to take it home with you. You don't possess it. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You, you window shop. You begin to look at promises through the window. You look through the window and say, oh, healing. It looks good. I like, maybe I could try it on, but you don't get to take it home with you. Prophetic words or unctions or hearing the voice of God and knowing what to do with it looks good through a window. But well, what do I do? How do I, how do I make that practical and retain that in my life? We've learned a really good abstract gospel. Nothing wrong with abstract gospel. It, it all starts in the spiritual and has to work its way through this. But what about realizing? When I say realizing, I'm not talking about just becoming aware. I'm talking about realistically, actually experiencing the promises of the Lord. You know, it's one thing to say, God, I really want you to do this. God, it says in your word you do this. And then we try to push and press and force our way in to things with not really knowing the ebb and flow of walking with the Spirit. The Spirit is an ebb and flow. When the current goes out in the ocean, it doesn't do any good to, to try to chase it because it's, it's going to go far enough where you can't get it, and then you're going to come back. You wait on it, and it comes back. Music, worship when we're in an atmosphere like we have been the last several weeks, it's like riding a wave. You got to know how to ride the wave. You know what I'm talking about? You got to know when it crests and when it comes down, and you, it's how the spirit kind of moves to me. It may be different for you, but that's how it is to me. And when you know it's at a peak, it's cresting, you ride it, and you ride it, and you ride it until it starts. And then if it starts going down, not, not decreasing, but changing direction then you have to know it's changed direction. Otherwise, you'll try to force it when it's cresting. You'll still ride that thing like it's way up here and the Lord's doing something completely different. Make sense? So it's important that you know and realize how the ebb and flow of the Spirit works. So today I want to just press in a little bit on moving past looking through windows. Nothing wrong with that. But moving in as God opens a door. What does it look like when God opens a door? Does it always look pretty on the inside of that room you're looking at? 
Not always. What does it look like when he stands at the door and knocks? I stand at the door and knock. Well, come in. Well, sometimes coming in requires some stuff, right? And you have to know when those moments of door openings happen and take place. They happen in position. Like, for example, if you walk into, if I walk into this front door, which I was the first one here early this morning, I came in that back door, but I walked up to the front, to the door, and I looked in, and I had a key. But I looked in the door. I opened the door to see if it was unlocked, knowing it was locked. I checked it. Looking in, I'm looking in the window before I even entered the room, before I unlocked the door. Then I got my key out, unlocked the door, and opened the door, and I went in. You with me? I wouldn't have got in unless one of two things would have happened. I had a key, or somebody else had already gone through that door and had a key to open that door and left it open for me. It's going to require you to have a key. Or it's going to require somebody else that's already went through that door that has your key for you. Because I came in, five minutes after me, Rex came in. I would have been foolish to lock the door back, turn off all the lights, and let Rex experience something that I had already experienced. Right? You got the key to, you've been delivered of cancer. You've been healed of sickness. You've been healed of a disease. You've had your marriage restored. You've had your life put back together. You've, had, you've been addicted and you've become clean. And now you're over that. It's part of your past. It's your testimony. I'm telling you, your keys are your testimonies. That's why I asked one day, the lady who was in here, she had breast cancer. I said, who's been healed of breast cancer? Boom, Rhonda jumps up. Rhonda, when you jump, jumped up. Why? She had a key. No sense in her having to find a key when she had the door open. That's how the body works. No sense in her standing on the outside looking at the window. I hope it's true. I hope I, I wish I could get in that room of healing when Rhonda's already been there. But just because Rhonda has the key to had the key to the breast cancer that morning doesn't mean Rhonda doesn't have a need of another key to get into the room that she needs to get in that somebody else has. That's why we need each other. Amen. Right? And you have to know when those moments are happening, when those doors are open, because they don't stay open forever. Some doors are rotating. And if you try to push on it, you won't get in. You have to get in, let the momentum of the door take you around, and, it, and you get out into the room that you're going in. Because the, the door's already doing this, circular. Are you following me so far? It's going this direction. So you have to know. Numbers chapter 13, you have to turn there. Number thir- Numbers 13 just came to me. Numbers 13, the children of Israel had the spies. Moses calls the spies together and says, go over and tell them. Let's go find out which way to go. We're going to the other side. Moses goes, or the, 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 the spies go over. They come back and they bring a negative report. You guys know the story. Negative report. Two guys... Caleb and Joshua said, let's go at once. The other 10 says, hey, we're as grasshoppers in their eyes. We're grasshoppers in our own eyes. We're, it's a foolish if we do it. Moses gets mad. God gets frustrated at him. Because why? This is, we should have went. Look at this. This is Numbers chapter 13. <coughs> Excuse me. Numbers 14, after they were chided by Moses, 
they come back and say, the same group, hey, we're ready to go now. We, we, we thought about this. You know, you were right. One chapter later, and if you go back and look at the history, it's about 12 hours later. 12 hours later, God looks back at them when they said, we're ready to go. God says, no, you don't tell them not to go. Why? They should have went 12 hours earlier. 12 hours cost them 40 years. The door opened. 12 hours cost them 40 years. Now, it probably wasn't that long. I think they were already trailing, but it cost them many years. They'd already been in the wilderness for several years anyway, but it cost them time, 12 hours. In a matter of when they could have just went, yeah, you have to know when that door opens and you gotta go through that door. And here's what we do when we have a door open. The first thing we do, not realizing this, is we begin to seek the opinions of everybody around us because it's more important. We're not really looking, we really want what God has for us, but boy, the price that we pay, the turmoil, the aggravation, and the frustration of crossing over that threshold, walking into that door is scary. It's scary. To possess a key is scary. I'm not talking about being fearful, but it's trembling fearful. Amen. I'm not talking about being afraid like you're scared. I'm talking about the reverence and the responsibility that comes with it makes you think, oh my God. Rhonda had the key that day to pray for the lady that had the breast cancer. I'm gonna use that again. Rhonda had the key, right? But that key that she got didn't come by her reading it in a book. It wasn't cerebral. It was experiential. It affected this, but it certainly had to come from here. She had to know in everything within her being that I have beat the thing that's trying to beat you. Confidence rises up and anointing flows through confidence. Are we good? This is critical where we are right now. I, I can give you the, the talk about the building. I had it in my head when we moved in this building that was a five-year plan to get that building. I'd drive over there and I'd pray over it and I'd say, God, that belongs to us. I did. Five years. I said, God, in five years, we're gonna be in a good place. We'll have it. We'll, we'll use that for our, our children, our young people. Man, it's just gonna be incredible. Five years. All of a sudden, I get a knock on my door. The guy walks up in my office and he says, hey, I've been thinking, I think it's probably time you guys take the, the, the building over there. And it's 2.4 million. And I thought to myself, no, we're not doing 2.4 million. It's not happening in my head, right? But I also recognize he just brought me to a door. Because I thought I had three more years to wait. I was hoping I had three more years to wait. That's the truth. Because I know when I cross over that, it's easy to look through the window. Because if you look through the window, you don't have to pay for that thing you're looking at. You try it on. And some of you, I know some of you, you even pay for it, keep the tags on it, go use it for that dinner that night, and then come break and take it back the next day. That's a whole other sermon. A whole other sermon. I just felt conviction in here. <laughs> What's that one guy's taking his jacket off right there? He don't want to see the tag show. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about, though? You, you, the, you look through the window, but you didn't cost you anything because you didn't have to pay for it. It, it. it costs you when you walk through a door. 
and, and, and I'm looking back and reflecting back over the last several years of my life, and I've got doors that I've had my eyes set on, and it never fails. God always has a door that's better and bigger than what I had my eyes set on. Now, it won't be easier. It won't be easier. It's difficult. Let's, let's go back. Let's read to Revelation chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here. And the angel of the Lord, an angel of the, of, the, of the church, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things say he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, <laughs> he who opens, and look, no one shuts. And he shuts and no one opens. Behold, I st- let me go back. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will what? I will come into him, dine with him, and he with me. Let's stay right there for just a second. Let's just stay right there. Who opens and shuts doors? God. Now, how many in here been guilty as I have, thinking you're at a door, you have a heart's desire, you prayed about it, and you think, God, that's it, man, that's it right here. And you go to that door and you push, and you push, and you push, and no matter how hard you push, that door's not opening. You can fast and pray, that door's not opening. You can manipulate it, and it's still not gonna open. It might crack like you got one foot in, but you ain't getting in. Why? Because he shuts the door. Can you trust God when he does shut a door? Because if we'd have got our way on a lot of things we've done in the last seven years here, and we'd have got what we were really praying for, we wouldn't have liked what we got. Stay right here because we'll be right back with more Everyday Expression. We hope that today's ministry has been a blessing to you so far. I speak on behalf of Pastor Kevin West and Expression Church when I say it's an honor and a privilege to get to minister all across the world. The only way that we can reach the world is through people helping financially sowing into the ministry. People just like yourself who have been blessed and are truly feeding from this ministry. So if you feel like that's you today and you'd like to join in and begin to sow so that the message of the kingdom of God can spread into all areas of the nations, I encourage you today, visit expchurch.org, click on the word give, or you can also text give by sending a message to the number 84321 and the text giving amount. We hope again that you have been blessed by this ministry and that you will experience the expression of Jesus Christ in your everyday real life. We're back with Pastor Kevin West and Everyday Expression right here from Expression Church of Huntington. Jesus went up on, in Luke chapter four, out into the wilderness for 40 days, tempted of the devil. Jesus goes up, the devil comes to him, Satan comes to him after he was hungered and tired, and he says, hey, I, if you'll turn this bread, in, uh, this uh, stone into bread, I'll give you all these kingdoms, man. If you're the son of God, you'll do that. Jesus says, no, not getting it that way. That's what he's implying. I'm not getting it that way. I, I hear what you're trying to give me. I'll get that. It won't be that way. Takes him up, does it three times, takes him finally up to the, the, to the sees all the, the pinnacle and over Jerusalem, sees the whole the kingdoms of the world. All of them. And the Satan looks at him and says, these are mine to give you. If you'll worship me, I'll give you these. Jesus is thinking, no, you don't understand. I'm not getting it that way. If I get, I will, those are mine, but I won't get them the way you're telling me to get them. Amen. 
Because I know my father and what he opens, no man can shut. And what he shuts, no man can open. I won't get them that way, but they will come to me. Jesus knew that the only way to attain a crown is there had to be a cross. There was no way Rhonda was going to get keys to, to overcome that breast cancer by just getting the keys with the crown. She had to have the cross. Jesus had to be tempted like we were tempted to even, and, and, and feeling our own infirmities or he could have never been our high priest. Tempted like we're tempted. Felt what we feel. Hurt like we hurt. Beaten like we're beaten. Bruised and beaten down and feeling inadequate, insecure and insufficient. Feel like we're never good enough. We're unhealthy. My God, what's wrong with me? Self-evaluating, self-evaluating, self-evaluating. He knows how you feel. But he also knows there's only one way to conquer and to come through a window to a door. You have to go down before you go up. I wish it was mountaintop to mountaintop, but it's mountain to valley to mountain to valley. To Life is a roller coaster. It is up and it is down. And sometimes when it's down, we're trying to figure out where he is in the process. God, where are you? What are you doing? How can I get, and here's the, here's the thing, here's how you know. Here's how you know. When you're standing at a door and God's brought this situation to you, which you didn't, you may have created a part of it or a piece of it. You may have made some decisions and choices to get you here. But nevertheless, you're here looking at a threshold, a door that's ready to open. And you're looking through this thing and God's saying, I want you to come in. And what you're looking at, you're saying, God, if I come in that door, I'm going to lose everything I got. If I come in that door, it's going to cost me me. It's going to cost me my pride. It's going to cost me everything. God, I'm not willing to just be stripped down to everything. And the Lord says, if you'll come in the door that I'm knocking on for you and inviting you in, you leave your baggage behind, I'll give you a new garment inside that room. You take off that stuff. What you're willing, are you willing to trade off what you think is your security today for a brand new security in him tomorrow? A fellow, a friend of mine had a really good job, six-figure paying job, uh, lived in Lexington, Kentucky, made really good money was doing really well, had an opportunity, a promotion to go to an, a bigger city in Nashville. And he, his family was in Lexington. The whole family was there. Everybody was doing well. He had a six-figure income. He seeking after God. God, here's what he said. God, I want everything you have for me and my family. Whew, I'm thinking to myself, man, God's just blessing him. He gets a call. He said, I want to give you a promotion, but you're going to need to relocate to Nashville with your family. So he calls on me on the phone. And he says, man, I got this opportunity to go. And he said, I don't think I'm going to be able to take it. I said, why not? He goes, all my roots are, everything's here. I said, really? I said, huh? I said, shouldn't have, shouldn't have prayed that prayer. Shouldn't have prayed it. I said, you know that prayer you had me agreeing with you, the God, you want all you have for me, everything you have for me, I want God, I want it all. You th so the devil brings you a promotion down in Knox, Nashville, right? And he said, you think that was the, he said, I've been binding and casting that thing out. I thought it was the devil all along. I said, I don't think it was the devil. He said, why? I said, did you pray to him? He said, no, I didn't. But you know how he is. He hears. I said, oh, so he's got more power than God. So he, he's got more power. No, so we, we were back and forth. And I'm just trying to get him to see it from a whole different perspective. I want him to see that when you pray for something, God brings you to the door.
right? He was praying for a promotion in his current location that was coming up available when a man was retiring. I, here's what he said. I had it down, man. He had two more years left. I felt like I was the next guy from the job. So I'm, I'm probably going to just stay here and get his, his, take his position when it comes to Oh, okay. I said, I sound like a winner to me. So we went on about our business. A few weeks later, went back. He goes, you're not going to believe what they did. They called me back. He goes, they did away with his position. I said, no, that was the devil. That was, that was not God. That had to be the devil. I'm telling you right now, that was the devil. I said, let's bind him and loose right now. Let's bind him. And he said, what do you think's happening? I said, I've already told you I felt what's happening. You know what's happening. You know in your heart what's happening, but you're afraid because you don't want to go home and tell your wife and your kids we're moving to Nashville. And he went, you're right. I said, I wouldn't either. Let me know how it goes for you. <laughs> Tell me what happens. So he prays about it and prays about it. They called, they offered him more money even. Than, so he's, he's seeing how it works now. And now he's, he comes back and here's what happened. So he calls, uh, tells his, the people down there, he said, I'll take the job, I'll take the promotion, I'll take the, the big hit. We're going to move. He goes home, tells his family. He walks through the door. I want you to think about it. He walks through the door. He's contacting realtors about his house. He's telling the kids that they're going to be moving to a new school system. And the kids are going, man, I'm involved in sports and athletics and stuff here. What am I going to do? So they're involved in a great church. So he comes in and he goes, he, so they're walking through all this thing. And he's going, God. And he's talking, now i got to sell all this. And, you know, it's all this pain. So they're, they're sad. So the day they call a realtor to put the realtor sign in the yard, the people from Lexington come back to him and said, we've opened up a position, that job we did away with for, that was going to be two years down the road, we did away with you thought maybe you'd have. We're going ahead and creating another position so you'll stay here, right here in Lexington. We're going to go ahead and give you the pay. I don't know what they're going to pay you in, down there in Tennessee, but we're going to just pay you that same pay here. You won't have to relocate. You won't have to do any of those things. Amen. Now listen, he calls me on the phone and he says, what in the heck do you think that was all about? He said, look at this. He's, my, my family, I had to go through all that agony of telling my family. I said, no, you had to go through your pride because Lexington and your job had become your idol. I said, you were bowing down to it. God didn't want to take that from you. He wanted to put it in proper order. So when you walked through the door and he became God again, you'd already, you'd already prayed to him and said, God, this is, this is kind of how I want to see it. I want all you have for me, but God, can I give you some suggestions? This is kind of how it works, Lord. If you'll just do this, I really appreciate it. You know, and, 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 and the Lord has his way because he will start stripping you of anything that you put above him. Not to hurt you. To keep you healthy. To make you strong. So he can add more things on to you because if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things he's going to add to you anyway. He just wants to be first. And when he becomes first, and not just in first in worship songs. Not just that. That too. Not just in writing a check, because you can write a check. It's everything. It's your whole heart. Are you willing to lay it all down for him? He probably won't ask you to do it. But he might. Abram. One son, Isaac, puts him on the altar. 
Lord is opening up incredible doors. He is, every, nobody's exempt in here. I don't care who you are. Incredible. You're at a door. It might cost you security to get what you really want. Here's the real challenge. The real challenge is we have only thought what we want based on how we feel. And there's areas of our life deeper than what we feel that he knows. So he's trying to get some stuff to you in your life that will bring you a, a greater joy than what you've already imagined with your limited mi mindset and ideas. Let me say it again. There are things in your life that God knows will bring you greater joy than your ability to even think about what these things are today. You will limit yourself. We will limit ourselves based on what we can see that we think is gonna bring us some joy. And we go, yeah. I had a lady call me on the telephone just recently. Diana, you, Diana, you know who this is. She called me on the phone. She says, listen, I've been at my job for a long time. I'm ready to change. I feel it. Man, me and my husband are in agreement. We're ready to change. And, and I said, okay, what kind of income? You, I said, I'll try to help her. What kind of income are you looking at to make? She said, she sends me a text back. She says, well, you know, I make $16 an hour now and I got benefits. And she said, but you know, I've, I've looked at it all night long and I think I can take, probably get, I can take $14 and still get by. I text her back and I said, no, you can't. You're $16 an hour now, right? You're not going back, you're going up. The minute you begin, listen, I'm not talking about laying it all down. I'm talking about when you begin to see yourself having to make sacrifices for him to get him to do something for you, to take you through a door, you're missing it. Are, are you hearing what I'm telling you there? You, you, it's as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. When you start reducing yourself down for somebody else's opinion because your mindset and view of God is limited, it takes somebody. I have a key that that girl did not have. She was outside looking in a window. I just, I just want out of this job and I'll take anything to get less. I just need something. It's chaotic here. I need less. I'll take less. I'm willing to sacrifice this for less. I'm, I'm looking in the window and I said, I got a key. Get in the door. You're not going backwards. Amen. Right? <laughs> Found her a job that paid more. Yeah. Text her. Here's a job opening. Send it to her. She said, you know, the funny thing is, Things have changed. I'm doing well now and things are happening and I've got some really good benefits here. I, I'm gonna have to decline that. Why? Because I was looking through a window. I got a key to open up the door and I went in and I went, hmm, I kind of like the room I was already in, right? Are, are you following me? She's not wrong. She didn't want her time to be off. She could have walked through that door because frustration hit her at her job, threw her hands up, walked in another place and forced a door, tried to force a door to be open and the goodness of God shut that door on her. And how did he shut it? He shut it by her getting, not getting the job she was looking for. No, he changed the circumstance over here that made that less attractive. Are you, are you all, is this making sense? The doors are opening wide. I've never seen it like this. I say that every week, but I'm not joking, guys. I'm talking to a lot of people. This past week, 
and I know we need to be praying for the, 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 about the coronavirus and all that, I mean, all this sickness and disease and all the stuff that's happening all over, and the fear that has set in the, 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 the stock market and the world economy, and you saw what's happening, the stock market has dropped uh, a couple thousand points or more uh, this week alone. The Fed step in, and they drop rates 50 basis points, right? Coming up in another week or two, they got another meeting, they'll probably drop them, in, so I've been told, maybe another quarter point or more. So there's more, maybe more of that happening, right? So all those things are happening. So somebody's looking around going, you know, I've been waiting on the right time to sell my house and buy a new house. And you're going, I don't know how more clear that could be to you. And I'm not saying you think the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm just saying while fear is instilled into the world, faith is raising up. It should be in the body. Why? Because it's a door opening. If you hear what the Spirit is saying, you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, listen, I'm going to go one last passage of Scripture. I'm hoping this all makes sense to you. There was a, a time where David was bringing back the Ark of the Covenant because the Philistines had it. It was in Obededom's house. Obededom's house was blessed because the house, it housed the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. David, when he first became king, sent his people to go get that Ark and get that presence of God back into the Israelites' camp. You all know the story? But David failed to do the proper order and a guy touched the Ark of the Covenant wrong and when he touched it incorrectly, he died. Well, we've got to stop right there for today, but join us next time for part two of this amazing series, When God Opens a Door. Visit our websites today, expchurch.org and kevinwest.org. It's been a pleasure ministering to you today on Everyday Expression.